Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple, Dynasty Podcast. This is the Full Tilt. Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Ring the bell, school is out, and we are in session. That's for sure. Today, the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Uh, is hanging out with somebody special here. Uh, I'm your host with the most time on his hands. It's Thomas Tipple. Don't forget, that's my mate uh, over there to my right, as always. That's Jacob Sanderson, FF underscore RTDB. And my man, my main man down below, Tyler Carp, DLF. How are you? Yeah, I, I know you're ready to go. I was born ready. I was born <laughs> ready. I, I came out of the womb ready to do this. You know, Tyler, if we, put some, right. if we put some makeup on and a top hat, I think you could do a really good Alice Cooper impersonation. I could do an impersonation of anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Give me enough time. I love that. I love that. Calvin and Javi is hanging out. We got uh, Yes, Matt. I'm cheating on him to do this show. Yeah, Matt Donnelly <laughs> over here. Um, it was a semi-quiet week in the world of football, but before I just touch on that, Jacob, we appeared this weekend. Or I, I was sorry on Thursday, our weekend, our like Canada Day show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, been on vacation. It's been a wild week. Um, that was a really good time. I just want you to mention and talk about the charity that you yourself donated with, so we can get people that might have missed it a chance to jump on board with what you had going on there. Yeah, I will retweet this out after the show today. Uh, but first off, I just want to thank Ty and Trav for having us on uh, over at True North Fantasy Football for the Canada Day Bash. And just uh, for any of our listeners that aren't from Canada or that aren't aware of what's going on, uh, it's been a pretty heavy few weeks uh, with residential schools, uh, which was a, a forcible removal from Indigenous children to go to those schools. Uh, and there's been grave sites that have been turning up over the last number of weeks. And so leading up to Canada Day, we really wanted to use the platform that we had uh, for some good. And so a lot of the, the work from the True North Fantasy Football uh, Podathon, uh, they were trying to raise money for the Downey Wenjack Fund. Um, I as well uh, pledged that I would match donations up to $50 to that fund if people put their screenshot uh, underneath. We had a couple people donate. It was really, really appreciated. Uh, and as well, if anyone wants to send their screenshot, I will happily get on with you. I'll do a personal breakdown of your Dynasty roster, your Dynasty League. I'll give you some advice on, on some potential trades and moves. So you'll get something out of it. You'll support a really good cause. Uh, and the Downey Wenjack Fund that's helping to provide mental health and supports um, for Indigenous folks in Canada during a, uh, a tough time. So just wanted to shout that out, and then we're going to have a really fun show. But again, thanks to Ty and Trav for everything that they're doing and for having us on and for letting us be a part of that. That's right. 
Let me um send that to me, and I'll see what I can do. See if we can get some more donations. That's right. I'll, I'll pass it around my well everywhere that I have to pass it around. <laughs> right. Uh, see if we can get some more donations. Um, is that would be a great thing. That would be a great thing. Supporting charity is a great thing, especially. We're in Scott Fishbowl season, so you know it's yes. very timely to have something like that. So yeah, just send it to me, and um, I'll uh, send it around. Will do. Thanks a lot. That's super duper appreciated. Um, look, I am all the way tilted. That's fantastic. Yeah, Oscar is here as always. No failure tonight. <laughs> well, we don't Definitely have failure. Can't. We we can't we can't have failure. There's already there's a lot of failure in in the world going on. We can't have more failure. That's right. Heartbreaking. <laughs> that's right. But we're here to uh, kind of push through the end of your fantasy football week. Now, one thing that we stress over here is we don't want to beat the 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 same topics over the head with bats that have been circulated throughout the week. So what we like to do, we like to just do a quick breeze through of what the news is for now. And we'll just pick apart kind of what we care about and what we don't. So let's, let's just kind of list the things that were hot on Twitter for a minute or two. Moss being the lead back, uh, Emmanuel Sanders over um, the goaded Davis uh, Harris being a clear workhouse and a Belichick uh, on a Belichick squad and Gio Bernard being a big part of the offense. Do we care about this? Is there something interesting? Or are we moving on? I just want to quickly say that the fact that we've talked about Michael Carter as a main character of Twitter, who might be the most boring running back prospect to come into our lives uh, is just shows how slow the news cycle is. Like we're talking about a fourth round 200 pound rookie who runs four six for two hours every single day. Uh, slow news day. No, Jacob. who's talking about that though? I'm not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. There are a lot everywhere people, I look, everywhere I there are look, a lot of people, people saying a lot of things, but they're wasting a lot of time recycling the same takes over and over again. My favorite Michael Carter take is the take that, and it's been many people. So I'm not uh, just calling out one person in particular. This is like a very popular take that he's actually not around four pick because the Jets would have taken him in round three. That's like me saying, well, in my rankings. Um, I have, you know, Jamar Chase ranked as the 1.4, but he fell to me at the 1.6. So actually he's the 1.4. No, he's not. <laughs> like we don't use draft it capital. Work that way. It like, we don't work use that draft way. capital to say what one team thought. It should be our assumption that probably the one out of 32 teams that drafts a player is the team that likes him more than everyone else. Like that's why they that's drafted right. him. The draft capital is a statement on what everyone thinks of him. It's just such a ridiculous take to me. I don't understand where it's coming from. But he might get an opportunity to play. And if you, well, get, if, if you get an opportunity to play at the running back position, you have an opportunity to put up fantasy points. We, we don't know. I mean, look at who else is there. I mean, we have Tevin Disaster. I mean, every, you know, every running back that played in San Francisco, everyone else, they all succeeded. Everyone else was good. Went same system. Everyone else was good when they went into the lineup. Tevin Coleman, lots of failure. We, we've had six years of failure. I don't want any more failure. <laughs> Tevin Michael Coleman Beer, is going in round 14 in best ball drafts, and it is unbelievable. I, I have a dumpster fire, a dumpster bin. We'll put him in there. And we'll just light the match. He can go away. We don't need any more of a failure. That's, that's Ty right. Johnson, a lot of failure. I mean, he was a sixth round pick, washed out of his original team. I don't, I don't want that. I mean, he's a good flyer, but that's it. And then Michael Pirine, I mean, last year, you know, Frank Gore getting carries over him. That's We don't want that. So, yeah, we have three, gar three pieces of garbage. So when you look at it that way, 
maybe Michael Carter's not such a bad investment because if he gets opportunity, you know the dynasty value is going to be there. Doesn't matter how bad of a prospect you think he is. I think he's fine. Like, I think he's a fine player. He'll get pass game work. I just, like, I, I, I don't know. I can't talk myself into Michael Carter, bell cow running back. Like, that just seems, it's just not who no, he is. I don't. I, I don't can, I can definitely talk myself into Mel, uh, to Michael Carter, useful running back. Yeah. Who, who's saying he's bell cow running back? He wasn't bell cow running back in college. You've seen it. <laughs> you'll, you'll see it. You'll, and, see, and it. you'll see it more. He was already shooting up rookie drafts. I mean, oh, well, be, I, mean I think he's where be... he belongs in rookie drafts, though. Like, he's exactly in ADP, like in DLF's ADP, he's exactly where I have him. But actually, literally almost to the number. Oh, okay. I like yeah, that. I mean, he's behind Sermon, uh, both yeah. Moores and Bateman, and, you know, obviously behind the other guys and ahead of everyone else. That's where I have him. And I think that that's, that's right. I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. It's when I would see him go in certain drafts, like late first, when when I'm seeing him go before oh, the Moors, oh, before Bateman. One, that's when I'd flip out. It, that's but, a mistake. But but after it. Sermon, after the Moors, take him. Well, that's where he's going, though. So yeah. On average, I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's where he's going in DLF's latest ADP. So I, I don't really – you know, a lot, of, a lot of times, people on Twitter, they have very loud voices. Like there's a lot of – you know, some people think like my opinion counts for – 20 or 30, but not really, right? I mean, in the market value, my opinion counts for one, just like everyone else's. So just because my voice is louder doesn't mean that the uh, market value is 20 times as affected by what I'm saying versus yeah. what other people are doing. So just keep that in mind. Oh, no, it's you have to be able to check yourself at the door. Uh, listening to this other stuff, do we believe that Emmanuel Sanders is going to be actually be a thing or not? We don't know what Beasley's no. doing these days. I don't think so. I, Harris is a – you talked about it, uh, Jacob, on Thursday, yesterday. Um, you talked about Harris. Is this – do you want to just rehash that a little bit or are you just kind of moving on? Yeah, I like Harris more today than I did yesterday, and that's because it's a dynasty podcast. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> so like, I think, I think Harris is a good player. Uh, and, and that makes me like him. Uh, that the trouble is that I, is that I'm just not sure that new England thinks he's a good player, at least not in the sense that I do. I think that he will get carries. I think he'll get the most carries. Uh, he was pretty efficient. The carries he got last year. It's just a matter of whether they let him catch the ball. Cause if he's, yeah. unless he gets like literally a hundred percent of the carries, you know, like a Derrick Henry, which I don't, I think that's extremely unlikely unless he gets that many, and if he doesn't get pass game volume, and if the offense isn't, you know, a top half offense, top 10 offense, then I just struggle to see him as anything more than kind of a low-end RB2 that's probably going to be the same caliber as any given random guy that you pick up off the waivers because someone else got hurt any given week. And that's just sort of, yeah. I struggle paying a premium for that. In Dynasty, I'm a little bit more interested. But uh, Tyler, I'm curious to see what you think of Harris. I don't have any major thoughts on Harris. He's fine. Like, it is what it is. But as long as uh, Cam Newton remains uh, demolishing the entire offense for everybody else, um, <laughs> I'm not really interested. Cam Newton, right. but, but I think that Cam Newton is so bad. He's so bad that they are going to need to make a change immediately. They cannot. We looked at last year. We saw eight passing touchdowns. We don't like eight passing touchdowns. <laughs> hey, that's a lot of failure. We don't want more of that. Very we Daniel saw, Jones of him. Well, we saw that ever since he hurt his shoulder in 2018. That during the end of 2018, a lot of failure. Then 2019, he comes out. He's trying to move in the pocket. Up, 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 up. Can't get out. He can't go anywhere. Then injured for the rest of the year. We don't want more injuries. And then in 2020, he comes out. He has one good game. One good game in week two. 
And then he's horrible. He was horrible before that. He, people say it was because of COVID, but not really. He wasn't very good in the first few games either. He averaged his lowest passing yards per game ever by a lot. So, no, he's he's done. And then he also takes up all the goal line carries to take them away from the running back. So he ruins yeah. everything for all the running backs. He ruins everything for all the receivers. So as long as Cam Newton is starting, you're not going to be able to start any Patriots players. You really couldn't last year, right? I mean, who could you start last year? I don't remember nope. starting anyone. No, I got there Cam like Newton two games like two of Jacoby games. Myers startability. Yeah, yeah, but could you have predicted that though? Could you have predicted the two games that no. you needed to start him? Tell that, not, to my, right? tell that to my showdown lineups on Monday night against the Jets. That was the best week of the year. But that's DFS though. <laughs> I know, I, mean, I know. Yeah. It, it's a little different when you take those risks. That's for sure. You want to hit the ceiling, but like in a regular season long, you're not gonna you weren't starting any Patriots last year. Absolutely it was just a not. big black hole that you wanted to avoid. So <laughs> And why would it be any better? Why would he be better? We have three years of failure. Why would a fourth year after three years of failure be any better? The Patriots are definitely a best ball team. And that's like, that's, that's basically the all they're going to be. Team this is year. what they are. Yeah. Or what, <laughs> what best ball? I, why would you want to invest in a low ceiling offense at all? I don't want to. Cause you're cause, cause you can't trade your picks. You're getting on the clock in round 14. You can't say pick on the block. The clock ticks down. Well, why don't I just pick a Nelson Aguilar. I can pick a player from any team that has more <laughs> offensive potential. Why would I go there voluntarily? I love There's it. There's no reason to go there. That's I, I don't want to go there. I want to go away from there. That's that's somewhere I don't want to go. <laughs> you think Billy isn't on the pod with his Johnny Smith shares dying? Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, Johnny Smith has actually produced nothing in his career. Nothing. I at know. All. Nothing. He knows that. Billy knows that. Nothing. He just delusional. Played a very fun game. A fun game on my live show. We read out the stats of. Johnu Smith and mystery players B and C. <laughs> B and C were very similar statistically to Johnu Smith, actually almost the same. B and C. B and C were the very unwanted duo of Gerald Everett and David Njoku. Well, first of all, I always want Gerald Everett. <laughs> Maybe you do. Maybe you do. You can make that mistake. After four years of failure, you still want Gerald Everett. By the way, who has similar production to Johnu Smith, that's better true. draft capital, more athleticism. <laughs> so you can still want, you know, so if you feel that way about Gerald Everett, imagine how John o. Smith looks in comparison. Similar right. statistics to David Njoku, who we, I think we all think is failure after four <laughs> years. So no yeah. John o. Smith. We don't want no. that. No, the whole them signing the two tight ends and every, you know, slightly average or under wide receiver was a really big blow up that we didn't really need. So that's how much we care about the news for this week. So we're just going to, we're going to shimmy past that. Um, You've heard it already, but like I said, at the beginning school is out, but before we do that, before we have the, uh, the pass and failure grades on, on some players failure. I love we're going to, we're going to go and bring our, Little game back. Billy's not here. This is his day off for the month doing his thing, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have a Billy stat corner. So when we come back, I'm going to run down Billy stat corner, let you know how we go about doing this whole thing. And when we come back, we're going to get into it. So sit tight for a second. We're going to be back. Just hang out. Thanks. Okay, Tyler. Yeah. 
maybe I should have read the show sheet. That maybe now I maybe I would know what was coming. I, don't, I had no idea what was coming. Don't well, hi folks. Uh, you know, some people didn't think I was going to be on the show today, but I actually do have a stat for you that I want to run out. So my name's Billy <laughs> Milestone, and I don't know if y'all two want to see if you can guess this one here. Give me just be- Billy before you get going. I just want to remind the people and uh, Tyler how uh, we do thing uh, do things uh, around here. So Billy's stat corner is a game where uh, Billy to my right here, uh, Jacob had to take off for a little bit. Billy's going to read off a stat. We're going to get three strikes to guess it. We're going to get one hint. The chat can help. We got five to seven minutes to break into this. Uh, right now, as you can see, Billy is four and zero. He's undefeated because he's a bastard. Well, you know he's he on a good run. Yeah, that's right. Billy, you're a really big jerk, and uh, I don't like your face that much right now. So hit us with that stat, and we are going to get into this. Well, I got a stat for you. Since 2011, only three players have rushed for over 950 yards on less than 200 carries. All three of those players have come since 2018, and none of those three players are currently being drafted as a top 24 running back in either format. Please name those three players. Oh, you're a dick. That that was a lot of words. All right, well, I'll break it Can down. Bullet points. Three players. All right, we're just going to – this dick's over. Take us back, everybody. All right. Okay, three players um, have rushed yeah, for nobody 150 else yards. Anything. On less than 200 carries. So very efficient. Okay. Not a lot of carries. Efficient. Okay. And there's only been three of them. They've all come since 2018. But these are the only three since 2011. And so despite all of them coming within the last three years, none of these three players are currently being drafted as a top 24 running back. Oh, that's going to be brutal. I hate you so much. This is a very difficult question. Okay, so right out of the gate, I think of some of the players that didn't quite hit a thousand yards, but we were all hoping and seeing that they were. Efficient. Oh, sorry. They they could be over a thousand. It's just over nine fifty. Oh, oh, over nine fifty. So over nine fifty. It doesn't mean they're not over a thousand. It's the fewer than what two hundred carries. Yes, two hundred carries. Okay. Um, Yo, bruh. Um. Okay. A thousand yards on two hundred. So, but they're not being drafted as a top twenty-four. Okay, all these players are being drafted, right? We're not being tricked by players. They're all being. They are all players that are being okay, drafted. So currently being league. drafted okay. as a top twenty-four. Currently, okay. Currently in the league, but being drafted outside the top twenty-four. Um, and we have has to be over 900 okay under 200 i mean i'm gonna guess that means they're washed right so probably they're washed but it's possible that now they're like in a committee or something now okay i do did i do have one name in mind that i think was pretty efficient and is not being drafted there okay let's hear it devin singletary in 2019 i don't think he ever hit 950 though Devin Singletary is not on the list. If I, if he, if, if he is, no, I double checked to make sure I wasn't wrong, but he does not qualify. So I like well, what Dave said here. I, I want to go either. Uh, I don't think it was ever David Johnson because efficiency wasn't his bag, but Todd Gurley in one of those years had to have 
No, he, did, he had too many carries. I think he had okay. too many carries. Le'Veon Bell is not being drafted. And I also think he had too many carries. David Johnson might have done it because he might have had few enough carries. James Conner, no. You got to think of someone who who had that five per clip that isn't being drafted as a top 24. Is the Can top- Drake ever do it? He was very efficient, but I don't think he... I don't think he hit over 900 anything in the years he was being efficient. I remember him being very low. I just did an article on Kenyon Drake. I don't remember him. He wouldn't make this list. He didn't hit 900. Okay. So not an official guest, Kenyon Drake. Not an official guest. No. I, I, like this I, I, will, I will state that the closest Kenyon Drake ever got to this category was he went 170 for 817 in 2019. I was pretty sure uh, he was which was there. short of, uh, of 900. But if he got about 20 more carries, he probably would have hit it. I want to use Dave's here. I, I like the Alvin Kamara uh Well, pick. it can't be because he has to be drafted outside the top 24. Oh, outside the top 24. So that's not. That's definitely so that wrong. Doesn't, that like, doesn't I was thinking work. of those kind of guys, but they're yeah. too good. This is so, this is dastardly. Yeah, this is kind of a, a Mike Davis because they have do. to be bad now, but still in the league, but still, you know. Oh, I will say by the way, I this I'll give you this one because it doesn't count. But uh, Nick Chubb also would have qualified, but he's obviously not an answer because he's within the top twenty-four. But there would have been right. four players. Nick Chubb also would have qualified, but the other three remain. Okay. Pollard didn't have nine hundred and fifty no, yards. Pollard didn't have anywhere near nine hundred fifty yards. That, I just that. I'm, we're just reading off the yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I will, we're at one strike. Let's get let's get another another guess. And if you guess the next one wrong, I will give a hint. Okay. 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 Um, I'm trying to think of like any running backs that even who's being outside the top 24 who was ever relevant? Like who even makes that list? What about like, someone? What about someone like, a, I don't know if most had ever hit nine fifty. Uh, I'm not, a, not what I know is wrong. Oh, Louise. oh I, I have a good guess. Okay. Go for right. it. Philip Lindsay. Ding, ding, ding. There That's on the go. list. Philip Lindsay. What's up? That's yeah. one. That's one. Okay. I don't think Freeman. No, I not none of the Freemans. None of the Freemans. None of the Freemans. None of the Freeman. No, that one no. is that one's definitely wrong. But NL MVP. NL MVP last year. Thank you. A game without a clock. Yeah. Well, yep. I'm trying to think of like the Okay, okay so I like that one. Maybe someone who wasn't who was relevant but isn't anymore. And there are not that many of those. Yeah, like, I know. That's but I guess they could be like right on the edge. Yeah. There's a trick. There's a trick in this question somewhere, and I don't like it. Uh, yeah. See? Wait, 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 wait. Oh. Can it be a quarterback, oh, that's too? Dirty. That's well, dirty. The way that the question was described is that there were three players who did this, and none of them are being drafted as a top 24 oh, right, running right, back. Right. Is, he, is he being drafted as a top 24 running back? Because I just I just Dude. had a guess come into my mind. Who you got? We can we can talk it out. We can talk it out. Who do you think? Well, okay, so here's what I was saying. I was thinking about Kareem Hunt because in 2018, remember he was suspended for the last. He was cut and didn't play the last four games. So, but he was very efficient. So he might have gotten there, even though he didn't get the carries. But it's oh. more. To be fair, there aren't any extras, so it's it's either right or wrong because Nick Chubb was the only extra one in the top 24. But Kareem Hunt seems like a good guess because I can't think of anyone else. And he's got to be drafted in the top twenty-four right now, though. Why? I don't rank him in there. 
Kareem, I can say this much. I, I don't believe Kareem Hunt is being drafted in the top 24. Right. I don't rank him. Hey, so we got two more strikes. We can use it uh, on Kareem Hunt. I don't hate that one at all. Just because I know it would be 2018 if he did it because right. he missed the games. And I think he – Just like he how had... Nick Chubb did it this year when he missed – it was missing games, not right. uh, getting less work. It was just they didn't play all the games. Okay, let's lock in. Let, all right, yeah, we'll go for Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Sadly, Kareem Hunt is incorrect. Uh, he was uh, – the two years ago when he suspended, he only got 43 carries for 179 yards. He mostly did his work in the past game. No, no, not 2019, this, 2018. No. Oh, 2018. He was actually decently close. 181 for 824, but still. Okay, yeah, no, that, uh, that was close, but that it wasn't 2019. It's 2018. Okay. okay. I, I, I will yeah. once again state these players are not being drafted as a top 24 running back. Yes. What do you mean? They're being drafted as a receiver? But hold on. Oh, that is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. One of them's okay. Lamar Jackson, isn't it? Lamar Jackson. One of them is Lamar Jackson. He did it twice. The other one, I can tell you, is a running back. You okay. are a son of a bitch. Okay. Oh, it was running back. So it has to be over 900 yards. Didn't get the carries. I mean, who was efficient? Because most of the guys I'm thinking about are being drafted in the top 24. This is close. Right. You guys got you have you only need one more correct and you and you don't have any extra strikes. So it's all coming down to this guess either way. Okay, and we've got two minutes to figure that one out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, there's no way. No, it's oh, Maddie's in the chat says, "What's the question?" So um, I'll just I'll just round up for anyone who just walked in. This is the Billy Stat Corner. I am playing the role of Billy. The Very role is well. there have been. Four running backs since 2018 um, that are that were able to rush for over 950 yards on less than 200 carries. They, we have Nick Chubb, we have Lamar Jackson, uh, and we have um, Philip Lindsay. The other one is not a top 24 running back right now, or at least not being drafted as a top 24 running back. So, God, I don't think he was ever that efficient, but like Sony Michelle got no, I was back thinking to back 900 yards. He didn't get there. He had too many carries in 2018 and not enough yards in 2019. Okay. Uh, that one I'm that one I'm pretty sure is wrong. Okay, okay. Uh God, um, I'm trying to think whoever else had 900 yards. Jacob, uh, this is nasty. Oh, nasty. wait. Is he outside the t- I just thought of one. Go, who is it? Melvin Gordon, the year that he held out. He held out for a few games, remember, in yeah. 2019, last year with the Chargers. But he was, was he, I feel like he was horribly inefficient. So I don't think that that's right. Melvin Gordon but, is the king of inefficiency, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. But he also had years where he was injured. There was one year where he was very efficient. But I forget which one it was. And he I had don't a 1,000-yard season back in, I believe it was 2018. Yeah, there was one year he was very efficient. If I, I mean, if we can't come up with anything, and he's probably not being drafted inside the top twenty-four because the Javante's there, so but he would be my guess if we can't come up with anything better. Did Eckler? Oh, Eckler's being drafted in the top no, twenty-four. Son of a bitch. There, there aren't that many. I'm struggling really to think of anyone else. I know off, off the top of my head. So this is going to be someone really yeah, silly. Yeah, I mean, if we can't think of anyone, I mean, there's no way Jamal Williams ever got to 900 yards, um, as random as that is. Uh, I don't think so. 
Nine hundred is a lot. Derek, no, I, I'm trying to think of literally. I basically gone through every every running back division. in my mind. <laughs> I basically gone okay. through every single division, and I can't come up with anybody. Oh, there is one other. Is there some Isaiah Crowell sneak in there? No, there's one well, other. That I let's think hear the guess for we are moving here. Yeah, I think we should go with. Who's who the other one you had in mind? I don't have anyone else. Oh, you okay with that? Uh, Lamar Miller. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go with that. All right. Melvin let's Gordon. Go. We're gonna go Melvin. Melvin Gordon. Oh, Marlon. Melvin Mel- Gordon is close. Melvin Gordon is close, mm-hmm. but no. 2018, he was very efficient, which is pretty out of character for him. Yeah. Um, and he had like five yards to carry, but he came. I knew just there was short. The last player who did it was the one I thought you'd guess first because it happened last year. Ronald Jones, 192 carries for 978 oh, I yards. He had more carries than that last year. Uh, uh, it was in my mind, but I didn't think he got that. that, that, uh, that I don't think I was yards. ever going to go for Ronald Jones. Uh, so as the tick shows up, go, we're Billy. at 5-0. Oh. I did it all by you. Uh, that's super unfortunate. These questions are getting outrageously difficult, and yeah, I just want you to know. You did well. You got two out of three. Yeah, it's actually that's better than we usually do. Yeah. Okay, so – We've uh, we've got through Billy's stat corner. Shout out to Billy, who's gonna get credit for this, uh, even though he didn't do a damn thing. But that's okay. We're here to support one another. We're gonna get to the meat of it. Like I said, we're gonna hand out passing and failing grades for players. We're gonna run through them real quick before we get to the people, the RTDB. Every week, you know oh, it. So it's so it's not just passing and failing for me. Oh no, the pass fail. <laughs> oh, that's special for you. We do the stat corner every week. We have, oh, passing and failing is just for me. Okay. We have yes. we have built our so our themes are guest schemed. So for you, we did schools out for your knowing of failures. So we're gonna come right back, and we come right back. We're gonna get right into the heart of the show here. Sit tight. Like we said in the opening, school is out, and with that, the grades are coming in. We need to decide whether or not these players had passed or failed from their last season's mark. So some of these players are going to be hot-button topics for people. They're going to be a little sensitive about it, but we don't care. It's the brass tacks. Pass, fail, we're moving on, or we're hanging tight. Um, Guys, we're going to start this off with, as I mentioned before, the goaded the anointed, the next alpha in Buffalo, Gabe Davis. Do we think he passed on his grade this year, or are we failing him for what he achieved last season? I'm going to start with Tyler. When you're a fourth-round pick and have zero expectations, what he did is passed. So he passed. There's no real discussion about it, right? Jacob. Look, well, I, I, I'm putting him on probation. Uh, he's definitely not a failure uh, because he did pretty much everything you can ask a fourth rounder to do, but uh, he was still well outside the top 80, top 90, a most efficiency stats from true catch rate to yards per route run. Then they went out. They could have given him the full pass. They could have said, Hey, you impressed us so much. We're passing you on from grade 12 onto the next level. We're putting you out there to be our secondary target. And instead they said, we're going to go get Emmanuel Sanders. So he's still going to get a shot. I think he's still going to be a decent asset, a decent flyer. He's on probation for me. Summer school is always a possibility. I know I went through it. Uh, So that's where Gabe Davis is heading on his way to summer school to get those grades up just a little bit. And that's totally fine. It happens to the best of us. He probably won't get there. 
<laughs> he's, already, he's already paid off on that fourth round. What up, Bryce? That fifth round rookie pick you spent. Well, he's, he's only paid off if you've sold him. That's, <laughs> exactly, that's, exactly that's what right. I've been telling people to do. Yeah, but maybe, absolutely. you know, if you bought my Patreon, you would know that. Exactly. Yeah, I think but you have the right be, approach. You should be doing Sell that. Sell the profit. Next. Sell the profit. Next up, this is a running back who recently, uh, I believe it was Matt Seward who started referencing that, you know, Cam Akers, why draft Cam Akers when you can just go and get yourself some David Montgomery. Uh, do we want to give a passing grade to David Montgomery? Are we failing him? Jacob, let me know what we are going here. Yeah, I, I'm going to give a passing grade to David Montgomery. Look, I'm passing him for – I'm passing him – on the curve, you know? So like in law school, the first thing they tell you on day one is they say, Hey, look, you're used to getting A's. You're used to getting A pluses, not going to happen anymore for you. You're going to come in. Everyone gets to be on a curve. You're going to get a B or a B plus that <laughs> David Montgomery. That, that's a B plus player right there, but he more than passed. It looked like he was going to fail after rookie year. He rallied down the stretch. I know it was easy competition, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still looking for guys that are going to be shooting for the A pluses, but David Montgomery, he's passing for me. Totally fair, Tyler. Hey, I mean, anyone can get an A on one test, right? But that doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean that that's the kind of student you are. So, yeah, look, I mean, I, I think the David Montgomery we saw in the first year and a half is the real thing. Uh, the last six games is the mirage. But, you know, if we're looking at how to grade his 2020 season, you have to call it a pass, right? I mean, you know, if you're grading on past, then it's a pass. But, if you're grading on the future, I would project a failure based on what people are, some people are thinking. It's a solid B plus overall for his body of work. So that's far. Like one of those schools, like when you're in grade eight and you're, you're like bullying your teacher and they're like, okay, screw you. I don't want to deal with you anymore. I'm passing you, but you're failing the next year. Oh, so yeah, that was my that's kind of what I think is going to happen. That was science I'd rather have him over some people. <laughs> no, I agree. Nope. For sure, and we got Bryce. I appreciate you. Look at Jet. Look at that. I try. I know you're going to be uh, watching there, uh, Bryce. So I got. I got to watch out. And uh, Calvin's agreeing with the uh, Gabe Davis take here. So this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. We're moving on. Gabe Davis. I believe that's who he was referencing. Um, so guys, the next one is people's either QB like eight. It looks like, or people have him way down is bound to fail out to Joe Flacco himself. Are we giving a passing or a failing grade? That's super bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens legend, elite level Joe Flacco, by the way, uh, is this Jalen hurts? Are we going passing or failing grade, uh, moving forward, Tyler, I'm going to go back to you. This one's a little bit touchy for people. Well, Jalen hurts was not the real student. The, the real student was Carson Failure. Carson Failure was the real student, and he failed, giving <laughs> Jalen Hurts the possibility to actually take the test. So we can't say anything about Jalen Hurts' grade from those four games, but we, we know who the real failure is. Carson Failure, he's our failure. We give him a triple F minus. That's what he's getting. He's getting a triple F minus. And Cal, I, thought, I just assumed when we were talking about writing that you wrote about David Montgomery, not Gabe Davis. I wrote about Gabe Davis a long time ago, I think. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. I read a lot of articles, okay? So we're, put, <laughs> we're putting Jalen Hurts on probation for Tyler. Yep. Uh, we're going to see what happens for when he inevitably loses out to Joe Flacco down the road. Jacob, Jalen Hurts, uh, what is going on with you in your mind here? I know you had him pretty high uh, just given the rushing upside. Let's hear what you have to say. 
Well, look, as much as I would love to give him a passing grade, I should probably give him more of a rushing grade. But um, no, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I give you, you a have, C for the joke. I have been waiting all day. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I, I really want to give Jalen Hurts a passing grade. I, I love the way that he plays for fantasy. He runs the ball. He throws deep. That's how you get fantasy points in a hurry for your team, and it's how you get fantasy points in a hurry for the team that you're playing against. So I enjoy that on all fronts. Uh, overall, he's going to be another probation piece for me. I, I I will say that I'm closer to passing than failing. A lot of people, I think, have taken way too much from a four or five game sample where he didn't post very efficient metrics, and they're saying they're out on him forever. I think that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, he was a second round pick. He was not supposed to play that early, just as Tyler was just saying. And, you know, I think he acquitted himself about as well as you should reasonably expect a second round rookie to play who never got first team reps until he was thrust into the mix. So I'm, I think arrows up on Jalen hurts. However, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm hundred percent certain he's still going to be a starter in 2022, 23, 24. So right now you're on probation, but it's like a good probation. You've been invited into the program. I'm not sending you there by as a punishment. He just missed out on the grades for the school trip, but he's still going to move on to the next grade. That's, that's important. Important to note. Um, next up, we have another player that people either love him to death or they seem to want to yeet him uh, into the sun. It's going to be our man Rojo, Ronald Jones. The, the, Mr. Uh, 972. And Mr. 970 fucking two. I can't believe I missed that. I'm so mad about it. Jacob, let us know what's going on with Ronald Jones. Did he pass or fail last year with a lot of competition? Look, to me, unfortunately... As much as Ronald Jones looked good as an early down rusher, as much as he put up those really efficient stats, in my opinion, Ronald Jones, for fantasy football, the game that we play, failed. Because Ronald Jones, last year, as great of a season as he had rushing the ball, they literally would do anything possible to avoid throwing the ball to him. They're like, mm -hmm. Leonard Fournette, we're going to sign you. LaShawn McCoy, we're going to try you. Oh, everyone's hurt. Kenyon Barner. Uh, you're get out there. You're playing third downs. Like he's just, he's never, ever, ever going to get the pass down work. They brought in geo this year. Leonard Fournette's still there. He's still not going to get a full complement of the early down work. And people now saying there's like a free Rojo movement. It's like, Oh, the, if the team that drafted him inside the top 40, um, that was obviously in love with him when they took him that have given him opportunities. If, if they don't like him, if they don't trust him to be the three down workhorse, some other team will. Probably not. Uh, I can recall maybe two to three examples ever of running backs who basically were middling to backups on their own team for most of the time they were there. And then all of a sudden they flourish on another team. And usually that's someone like a Michael Turner who was actually locked in behind LaDainian Tomlinson, not Ronald Jones, who could separate from Peyton Barber and Leonard Fournette and a bunch of jabronis. So <laughs> I'm giving Ronald Jones a fail for fantasy. That's I would right. get out of him for a pick for people that are more bullish on him than I am. That's totally legit. Remember, it was every running back ever, just not Keyshawn Vaughn. He got, he just stayed. Oh, yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn, way. big fail. Yeah, <laughs> big, big fail. fail. Get him out of there. Tyler, how are you feeling about Rojo? Pass, fail. He's uh, getting, he's school. a failure. Unfortunately, Ooh, he's a failure. failure. Uh, another failure, yeah. I mean, in comparison to Keyshawn Vaughn, he'd be a smashing success. I mean, I, <laughs> if, if that's the grade curve that we're grading on, then Ronald Jones would get a triple A plus. I mean, there's just... No one is Keyshawn Vaughn. He, you know, we had someone in the chat on my Patreon had a good nickname for Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh boy. And I'm going to use it every time we talk about him. He is now Keyshawn Yawn. Oh. 
Keyshawn <laughs> Yawn, yes, for the ultimate failure. But I mean, Rojo also failure. I mean, two years of failing to separate from Peyton Barber, and now when the good season is on the line, the season is on the line. Who's in the game? Is it Ronald Jones? I don't think so. I don't remember Ronald Jones being in the game during the playoff run. I remember a lot of Leonard Fournette, no Ronald Jones when everything was at stake. So yeah, I don't want any part of Ronald Jones. Someone else can have him. And I'll, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of failure, a lot of mediocrity. I've had three years of failure. I don't want more failure. So enough of Ronald Jones. I'll just say quickly on Keyshawn that if he doesn't start performing better in camp, he's going to be Keyshawn gone. Yeah, that's why <laughs> Keyshawn's special teams is a little too long. So I, I <laughs> he would actually Keyshawn Gunner. Uh, he would actually have to be good at special teams in order to <laughs> make the team in that manner. And I think that he may be prevented from that. That's, I think he's yeah. gonna be looking for a new job. He could make a, a third stringer on the Falcons. I think he'll undergo a career change. Maybe <laughs> maybe to something where his complete lack of work ethic doesn't hurt him so much. Car sales. Yeah, you get by anyway. You can be yeah. slimy and bad at your job and still be successful. Um, so we're <laughs> no, going to go into a, a, Jacob's, a Jacob's specialty is the next Uh-oh. one up. Oh, he uh, never shuts up about him. Uh, he is the commander-in-chief He's the commander in chief of the Ram movement. Uh, Cam the Ram Acres. Are we giving him a pass or a failing grade? This one's in between. Remember, he calls himself the um, paragon of objectivity. So we're going to count on him for his purely objective statistic and scientifically backed analysis on Cam Akers. Please, Jacob. Cam Akers is a pass. He's a glowing pass. You drafted this person with a late first. He's worth multiple firsts today. He's potentially going in the late first of a one QB dynasty startup. And why is it unwarranted? No, because what's, what is more valuable in fantasy football than a young bell cow running back? Probably nothing. Maybe an elite quarterback in Superflex. That would be the only thing that would rival it. And Cam Akers is that he got off to a slow start where he bruised car- – he had uh, cartilage in his ribs that was damaged. He wasn't able to play. Once he get back onto the field for the first time where he's playing legitimate snaps, healthy, with everyone healthy, he was on the field, and Henderson was healthy, and Brown was healthy, and what happened? Cam Akers started to get all of the carries. He got over 20 carries against Arizona. He got, then the next week, Daryl Henderson. He's practicing in full. Cam Akers, he's limited in practice. What happens? Daryl Henderson gets two carries against the Patriots. Cam Akers gets 29 carries against the Patriots. Then he gets all the carries the next week against the Jets. Then he gets hurt. When he comes back on a high ankle sprain, he's getting all the carries in the playoffs. So Daryl Henderson, he got replaced before he ever got hurt. The only, the best thing that could have ever happened for Daryl Henderson's fantasy managers is that he got hurt in that game against Seattle because he was already getting phased out as a clear backup to Cam Akers. And then because he got hurt, people got to rewrite history. But you can just look it up. It actually happened. You can Google it. You can Google the timeline. Glowing pass for Cam Akers. He's a workhorse. He's going to be a great back this year. Okay. Okay. That was pretty objective. You were ready for that one. You re- you rattled that off pretty quick. Tyler, are you passing or failing Cam Akers? As much as I would love to disagree with you and shoot that all into uh, into whatever black hole I want to shoot it in, Cam Akers is my Dynasty RB4. Look at that. He's even so, higher than he is for me. That's even higher than me. So I, I, if anything, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I, I'm all in. I, I'm all in on, on Cam Akers. I, I think now is the time. Now is the time. I think that he is going to be one of the next workhorses. You know, really, I don't see many players I would rather have above him. 
and that's that's it. I people choose to rewrite history. You know, they choose to, like you said, they choose to look at Daryl Henderson, Daryl Boring, Daryl Jag. That's what he is. He's uninteresting. Literally, Acres does everything that Henderson can do better. Henderson is just not good. He wasn't good before. He's not good now. And if he was really so good, why did the Rams spend higher draft capital on another running back the year after they took him? Because he's right. not very good. And we're going to see, you see what Sean McVay is saying about Cam Akers. There will be no limitations on Cam Akers' workload. Cam Akers is a thing. See, I came prepared, even though I didn't know we were doing Cam Akers. There will be no limitations. Cam Akers is a three down back. We will deploy Cam Akers in every way possible as a central part of our offense. How's that sound? We want a central part of the offense? I, I, like I, I love coach speak when it fits yeah. my narrative. I That's like exactly. that. <laughs> That's right. You can go back a couple weeks ago where we did a whole opening on how we don't listen to camp speak or, or Unless any it supports of the, the my point of view, then it's great. I don't but listen it's, to it. I don't listen to it much, but let's look at it this way. You could have what they're saying about cam makers, mm-hmm. or you could have what the jets coaches are saying about Denzel Mims and Chris Herndon. Right, yeah. I mean, th- there is another option. Wait, do they yeah. speak about Chris Herndon? Oh, Not they well. did actually. Not they said well. that Chris Herndon was uh, falling to third team reps in the tight end. <laughs> you can't, the tight you end can't. rotation. People are still watching Chris Tyler Herndon. Croft, I still Tyler see actual humans. Tyler Croft and what's the other guy? Kenny Yaboa. Kenny Yaboa. No, no, not even Yaboa. Um, Ryan Griffin. Ryan oh, Griffin right. and Tyler Croft ahead of Herndon in, in reps. So. You could have everyone says every coach speak is good. Not really. Not not really. Not not every coach speak is good. So, you know, it doesn't work that way. When we hear things that are actually good with details, I like details. I like details such as, you know, yeah, we're gonna, there are no limitations on this player. We're gonna deploy the player in a variety of roles. We're gonna use him in the passing game. These are details, not just he's in the best shape of his life. Yeah. Like not, we can say that about everyone. I believe we heard that about Sammy Watkins out of Ravens camp. That doesn't do. That doesn't tell me anything about how. Yeah, Tom, are you, are you excited? Are you excited for your Ravens? Sammy Watkins. He's in the best shape of his life. I'm excited that Sammy Watkins is outplaying rookies at minicamp. I mean, that's pretty. No, I that's mean, not that's what it said. It didn't say he was outplaying anybody. All it said was he was in the best shape of his life. That see, that tells you actually no information whatsoever. So like, I, I heard I heard in one beat report that he was significantly better than James Prochet and Miles. Did you Boyd. watch the agility yeah. drill? Did you watch I, I the agility drill that Watkins did? It was hilarious. Or the lack sad. thereof, alleged agility that he doesn't have. That, that looked like me. That looked like me. Yeah. He knows he knows he's gonna be on the team. He doesn't give a shit. But we have <laughs> one more play. We have one more player that we're gonna get into. And speaking of coach speak, this is a guy who's been up and down. The truthers still believe but I want to know what these two really smart people want to say about Irv Smith, young Irv Tyler. Let's kick it off. Are you passing or failing Irv on it based on where he's at so far? I mean, I'd like to have seen more. So I guess for what we've seen so far, probably failing him, even though I still like him. I, he didn't really improve in year two, but I, um, you know, I'm hoping that year three is the year. I think I think it will be. I think we're gonna see the big jump in year three, but you know, year two was not was not great. Uh, he definitely declined in value. He didn't go up in value. 
from year I, to I year. I think he did go up in value, which is probably he shouldn't dumb, have, but he definitely <laughs> did. Okay, okay. Well, Jacob, let's hit it. Let's hear it. We got one failure. Where are you going? Don't Man. be in between. Don't be uh, that guy. I'm so gonna put him on probation. I know you are. Uh, I could see it. All right, fine, fine. If I have to pick one side, then I would take the pass side. But I, I think that it's a little bit. But what did he do for you that made him pass? Tell me about uh, that. Look, well, at tight ends, I don't look for much. Like most tight ends, do not come into the league and dominate right away. They don't. Like there's just like maybe the elite of the elite do. Most do not. If you expect Irv Smith to be a top three tight end, then, you know, I got news for you. <laughs> it's not going to occur. But if you want Irv Smith to be a young, serviceable tight end with upside, I think that there was a lot to see. Uh, he was very efficient with his looks. He graded out quite well. He still has all the athleticism. He was one of the youngest tight ends to come in uh, to the NFL. He was just over 20 uh, years old when he started in the NFL. He's only going to be 23, even by the end of his third season. That's older than some of the rookies like Jacob Harris and Kylan Granson that are just coming into the league now. So I, I do grade on a bit of a curve when it comes to Irv. Um, and on the Irv curve, I saw enough last year, uh, just in terms of his actual performance on the field, that would cause me to feel pretty confident going forward that he's going to be a tight end one. I just don't know if we see the upside. So I'm not going to go out and pay a massive premium for Irv Smith uh, because I think that he's sort of the, I don't know that his upside is all that much higher than a lot of guys who are a lot cheaper, but for if folks really like him and they like his situation, I, I can see it because I think we've seen a lot and he is so, so young. He just didn't improve from year one to year two really at all. Like at all, right. at all. Year, year one was a big success. Like if you want to talk about a big success, up, his rookie year for a tight end was a success. Yeah. But year two, given his year one was a failure. I mean, well, given, given his year one, that's, his year that's two what I'm failure. looking for right there. Like so, that. Sure. What happened? I think that that's fair. I think that that's fair. My, my only caveat would be that in year one, he was basically only productive when everyone except for Diggs was out. Like Phelan was out, no Rudolph. So he was the clear second option of the pass game. He actually had games last year with Phelan and Jefferson both there, and he was still productive as a third option. And I, I think that if we had seen, you know, the same situation his first year where there was no Adam Phelan, you know, then he would have been better. I don't I, I don't, obviously, that's not what I'm expecting to see this year, but. I thought he actually asserted himself as a third option in a way that he didn't in the first year. It's just going to be tough in that offense because they don't throw a whole lot. And, you know, when they throw, they're usually throwing 18 or 19. I don't care about that. You want me to punt Brandon Ayuk off a bridge just because his, all the almost all the production came and the games Kittle missed? Probably not, right? You don't want me to do that. But if I use that narrative, that's what I would have to do. I'd have to say right. that Brandon Ayuk isn't actually good and only produced no. it. Right. No, 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 no. But if, if Brandon Ayuk puts up the same stats that he did on a per-game basis last year, this year, with Kittle and Debo, I would consider that a step forward. I'm not – I guess I just don't quite see it the same way. Like, I would have liked to have seen – if Irv Smith, to me, had a successful 2020 season, it would have come with – yes, I know there was competition for targets, but – he had 43 targets. I agree. That's why I wanted to say probation, but Tom wouldn't let me, okay? That's right. Well, no, no. It's very simple. <laughs> if you're asking about Irv Smith's career so far, it's a pass. If you're asking about Irv Smith's 2020 season, it's a failure. It, to yeah, me, okay. I, was, I was going on the career. I, I oh, thought I thought we were talking about career. last year. Strictly on his 2020 season, he underwhelmed. Oh, I thought we were just talking about last year because his 2020 given 2019 is a failure, but his career so far for a young tight end of his age is probably a success. Okay, so I, I can co-sign that. At it, right? I, I mean, co-sign that. Yeah, that's all I'm saying is, is right. 2020 was disappointing. What with what we expected going into 2020. So for me, I'm failing him. Uh, he got he got out targeted in games by 
lesser tight ends at his own position. I was so going to say that me, about Tyler Conklin, superstar, <laughs> future Hall of Famer. Okay, so that, that's going to be our schools out uh, for this. We got one more segment we're going to hit. And uh, you know what? I love this one. This one's going to be a fun one. I'm going to enjoy this. So we're going to hit that. I'll explain it for everyone that might be just popping in and Tyler himself. We're going to explain it when we come back. We're going to get right into it. So sit tight. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. Okay, court is in session. What we have here is an undefeated Jacob Sanderson who has defended his clients uh, every single episode so we have someone here who is not afraid to back down with their takes and that is tyler beneath me tyler you are going to be prosecuting uh jacob who will be defending on this case here and we are going to um be talking a little tua uh, i'm not going to try to pronounce the last name because i it's just not going to yeah. You can't you can't Which, do worse than my Tuesday night co-host Shane. Yeah. Who usually rolls with two <laughs> Shane exactly. announcing things is not news. <laughs> it's not news. It's not That's news. A failure. It's a Shane's pronunciation is a failing grade always. That's oh, a failure. F, triple F minus. Triple. <laughs> oh love God. you, Shane. I love it. Uh, no, I love Shane. I mean, Shane. Shane was the first person I ever like talked to in the fantasy industry. Like literally. <laughs> Today, we're going to be doing a little bit of Tua. So which 2020 rookie quarterback, Herbert, Burrow, Tua, or Hertz, is the best value at their current ADP? People either love or hate Tua. The Miami Dolphins uh, faithful are all in on him. Um, so I'll be very interested to hear. Jacob, you are defending Tua in this case. And Tyler, you will be prosecuting in this case. I'll let you go first. Uh, which 2020 rookie QB against Tua is the best value? Well, I mean, they're all better values. <laughs> uh, I don't want I don't want Tua's value. Tua's value is is all bad. I don't know which one I want to prosecute. I don't think that matters. We just need to tell. We need the case against Tua. The case against Tua. I have witnesses. Witnesses to call. The prosecution will call Miami Dolphins general manager Chris Greer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Greer, remember, you're under oath, Mr. Greer. Mr. Greer, you're under oath. Did you, or Mr. Greer, did you or did you not attempt to <laughs> attempt to sign or trade for, during this offseason, Deshaun Watson? Unfortunately, I, I did attempt to trade for Deshaun Watson, uh, actually, before his uh, uh, sexual assault accusations came out we were actually in talks to trade our draft picks to the houston texans to acquire deshaun watson to improve our quarterback situation those things that i told the media about Tua were all lies we don't actually support him that much we were just stuck with him ah ah the witness the witness says that the dolphins were not committed not committed to Tua long term so that you know for now i rest my case against the defendant okay resting the case Okay. Okay. So Jacob, you have your opportunity. Please defend your client on uh, the QB one potential for Tua. Not going to pronounce his last name. 
Well, first off, I just want to commend the prosecution for revolutionizing this process. Uh, first off, this is the first time I believe that anyone has called a witness. So that's incredible. True. Yep. Uh, and I do believe also this is the first time that someone has referenced another ongoing legal case uh, while on the show. So that is um, new precedents. New precedents uh, have been set today. Look, pre ongoing legal case, Deshaun Watson was and still will be if he plays football in the NFL again, one of the preeminent football players in the National Football League and one of the preeminent quarterbacks in the National Football League. No matter who you have at quarterback, other than maybe one of five or six players, if you're in a fantasy league or in an NFL league, if someone says, hey, we might be trading Deshaun Watson, you say, yeah, we want in on that because he's really freaking good. So to me, that says nothing. If, if you're in a fantasy league, if I have Tua Tungavailoa, and you know, prior to the, all the allegations, let's just say someone who was in a similar range. If I have Tua Tungavailoa, and I hear that Josh Allen might be available, I can think the world of Tua Tungavailoa. I'm still making a call on Josh Allen. So to me, those exist in different planes. Let's just focus in on Tua specifically. The 2020 rookie class has entirely blown expectations out of the water for what we think is a reasonable rookie season. So God bless Justin Herbert and his flowing blonde hair for <laughs> setting all sorts of records. And God bless Joe Burrow for throwing about 60 passes a game so that people actually think he was more efficient than he is. But Tua Tungavailoa had a perfectly fine rookie season. He had a rookie season that normal mortals have. They have good moments, they have bad moments, they struggle, and we're left looking towards the future. Tua Tungavailoa actually was a pretty decent passer in a lot of ways. His ball placement was actually elite. He was third in the NFL in catchable pass rate as a quarterback last year. And he also threw it deeper than people think. He had a higher average depth of target than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And believe it or not, he had a higher average depth of target than Justin Herbert. And in fact, when you adjust for depth of target, Tua Tungavailoa's ball placement was much better than Justin Herbert's. So was it flashy? No. However, Tua Tungavailoa was a very strong prospect coming into the NFL. He earned being a top five pick in the NFL draft. And while his rookie year might not have blown anyone out of the water, Tua Tungavailoa is still in good shape to continue as a franchise quarterback. And one day we will see him as a top 12 dynasty quarterback. Oh, that's pretty, pretty we strong argument. The top 12 dynasty quarterback. We, look, we, we already have two strikes of failure. Two strikes of failure. Two First, strikes? Well, we do have two strikes of failure because... He had the hip injury. The hip injury is a strike of failure. He was net. We've never seen him be the same after the hip injury, right? He was not the same. He was not the same. He didn't look like the same prospect. I don't remember Tua in college looking like Tua in the NFL. He looked much worse. So we have a strike of failure just from the hip injury is still providing concerns. There are some people who say that he'll never be the same after that hip injury. So that's one strike. And then in, in his rookie year, he was bad. I mean, he was bad. The Dolphins replaced a better quarter. And I, I bet they wish they could undo this. I bet they wish they could undo it. They replaced a better quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, with a worse one into a tug of a low. Look, do, do you agree that his value would be higher if he had played no games at all, if he had played no games than with what he did, right? His value would be higher if he played no games. Value would or value should? Would, would, I don't care about should. Would probably would. Would, would. sure. Right. Would, be, would is all. That's because all I don't matters. think people are very smart. Right, right, right. But that's, but see, that's not the question, right? The question, if you don't think people are very smart, you're unlikely to win this argument because the whole point is, is Tua going to be I don't need the people yet? on my side. I need Tom. Tom's smart. Yeah, but I don't care. I mean, I care about Tom, <laughs> really. Like, well, you're now you're not going to win the argument. You just said you don't care about Tom. Right, but I don't or care. You? 
But right, I don't care about who rules in my favor. I care about the people listening and who's actually going to think that I'm right. And the dynasty market is unlikely to ever value Tua as a quarterback one with two strikes of failure. It's very unlikely. He'd have to be historically good to get into that tier, especially since he doesn't really run the ball. I mean, people say, oh, Tua runs the ball. I mean, not really, right? I mean, he didn't run as much in college as people think. Joe Burrow ran way more than Tua in college. And then he didn't really run last year. And, you know, I don't know. If the hip is never really the same, you think he's going to become more of a running quarterback? Probably not. And you know what happens? Quarterbacks that don't run are going to have trouble entering the top 12, both in scoring and in dynasty. I, I don't think Tua is like the worst quarterback ever. I just don't see him as having the upside to ever enter that range, both in perception and in fantasy points. So like when it comes to this, like I just, how is he going to get there? Like the, the rushing upside's not there. I mean, what did we have last year? 181.4 yards, passing yards per game. I mean, that's like, we'd have to do a lot better than that if we're not going to run the ball. It's just like the path, there's just no path. There's no path for him to get into the top 12. If, if the question were different, if the question were, is Tua going to have some sort of NFL career where he wins some games? That's a different question. We don't, we don't do those boring ass little baby wipes questions over here. Okay. Right. But that's we a different shoot question. For the top. And but first of all, I, I, I did not know that this was going to have to be a personal injury case, but apparently my practice of legality has expanded. And now I have to defend Tua and his hip here defend against it. these baseless and libelous accusations. Ba- baseless but accusations. The prosecution, the prosecution states that Tua did not look the same going into last year. And I would agree. However, did you notice something else that didn't look the same? Have you ever thought that it might not look the same when you're going from Jalen Waddle? Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and Henry Ruggs, all of a sudden, look who you see. You're throwing the ball. You're throwing the ball down the field. I guess actually you're doing this because he's a lefty. And it's a perfect spiral. And you're going down the field. And what is it? Oh, look, it's Jakeem Grant. It's Jakeem Grant. He's dropping the ball. Tua's weapons sucked. Okay, Devontae Parker, talk about a failure. Devontae Parker was failure, 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 failure. Six good games, failure. Mike Gesicki, God bless him. Like, man can run a 40 time, but I, I, I'm out. Like, we're done. <laughs> I'm done with Mike Gesicki. They went out. They were like, Will Fuller, one of the most efficient wide receivers in the NFL, come on board. Jalen Waddle, not a great prospect in my books, but whatever, they at least think he is, and he's certainly a much bigger upgrade than whoever they had last year. He's now set up with Waddle, with Fuller. He's still got Parker, who went from his number one option to his number three option. He's got Kasicki, who went from his number two option to his number four option. And they actually pass the ball more than people think. I, I was doing projections for the Dolphins, and I was stunned. I was asking myself, why on earth are people drafting these Dolphins wide receivers so high? They're never going to pass. They have a good defense. They have a defensive head coach. Actually, no, they pass it a decent amount. They were about league average. They were even above league average in pass rate last year, despite having a really good defense. So they're going to play pretty quick, we would expect. They're going to probably pass even more next year because their quarterback won't be a rookie anymore. And they went out and got all of these weapons. So I actually see pretty significant passing upside if he improves. And we have seen a lot of quarterbacks that are very, very young improve quite a bit from one year to the next. It is not easy to come in and play NFL quarterback. It's especially not easy when your entire offseason between college and the pro is spent rehabbing your shattered hip. So this year he gets a full off season to not just rehab, he gets to actually practice. And when you are in the super flex draft and you see that Tua Tungavailoa is going to have a much improved year this year, and you're looking around at all of these 
30-something quarterbacks that you're trying to figure out, okay, when how much more have I got left? If you can get 90% of that production, 95% of that production in Tua Tungalailoa, who's going to be passing at a top half rate, that's a guy that you're going to want to target. Is he going to be a super mobile quarterback? Probably not. Is he going to throw 650 times? Maybe not. But he's always been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in college football history. He's going to translate that to the NFL. He has the weapons set up for him. And I just think that we are being way, 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 way too harsh if we're just going to throw that in the trash after one year. Whether the judge agrees with me or not, my client and I will be very happy on many dynasty rosters for years to come. And one day, the people, the court, and the entire nation around us will agree that we want Tua Tungavailoa as a QB1 in Dynasty. Look, this is a very tough case for me. Uh, both arguments were pretty well made. I, I, I'll, I'll give you both that. You came prepared. Here's my problem. Projecting Tua to have a better season with upgraded weapons to me is not the answer. You have a failure in Billy Needles. You have a failure in Mike Asicki. Failure you Billy have Needles. a porous uh, prospect in Waddle. I don't see the path for him being any better than somebody like Kirk Cousins in his career. And after 36 touchdown passes last season, his peak, we're not looking at him as a top 12 quarterback. Tua, to me, is a quarterback who will forever sit in the 15 to 18 range with quarterback one weeks i don't see it the court has rules in favor of the prosecution uh, uh jacob will have his first loss on uh the people vr i'm gonna keep attracting clients now and that's not my problem maybe, maybe you should uh get better clients <laughs> well, <laughs> Look, that's, sir, if i blame the clients i'm not gonna be able to attract more clients well you just don't have to take the cases that you have a chance of losing <laughs> well, for your record you should take easier cases Look, oh, harvey specter this is a hey. This is a very difficult case that someone only like Saul Goodman himself probably would have been able to defend with his antics. But we are you, Oscar. Oscar. Oh no! Oh no! Tom, bad call. Look, hey, we talk about this. We talk about this a lot. I'll that bring is, new evidence. I'll, that I'll, is bring, right. I'll bring additional evidence to the appeal trial. We'll with, bring. We'll bring the real Chris Greer with. Oh, boy, I, that'd be something. That would look, be something, right, if we could do that. Look, if you want to file appeal, you can, and this is how you can do it. You can either DM us or tag us with a four- to five-sentence-long appeal as to why you believe the judge, that you know, no controversy here, totally objective, never leaning to one side, unless it's a Ravens question, uh, will answer these appeals on the next show, and Jacob will have his opportunity uh, to state a new case, brief case on this to try to flip the verdict. Uh, you can definitely do that. Feel free to do that. You can do that at the at Dynasty Tilt Twitter account or either uh, Thomas Tipple FF, FF underscore RTDB, or at Big Billy FF, and we will address the appeal. Uh, it hasn't been done yet. I was really expecting us to get an appeal on the Pitts versus Kelsey. That didn't happen. I was very shocked on that, but you can. So as of right now, it is a hard, hard no on Tua Tagovailoa's two strikes of failure uh, going into this season. Uh, That's going to do it for the segment. Sit tight. We're going to be right back. We're going to close this thing out here and get everyone on their way to enjoy their weekend. Sit tight. (laughs) 
You know, Dave's just throwing shots out here. Jacob Failureson. Nah, uh, no, no shots at him. He, <laughs> he, he, for the, the court system to continue its legitimacy, there case. needs to be a prosecution and a defense. Every client has a right to a defense. You can't just go around just calling lawyers failures every time that their client what commits the a murder. Hey, you know, you know what you said about a filing an appeal to the to the court. <laughs> That's if right. people would be interested in more from the prosecution, there was a case filed about Tua on Ask DLF, except there was no judge. There's no prosecution and no the defense. kangaroo court. I was the only, I was the only judge. I was the judge and the prosecutor. This is some judge dread stuff right here. And I so, love it. So yeah, with a case against the 30 minute case against Tua was available on this week's Ask DLF where we, uh, we coined the uh, two strikes of failure metric. I, I'm going to stick to I that. I can't metric. believe you didn't I call it the it. Tua strikes of failure. Well, because I wanted to use it for more than just two. I mean, there are players like Darnold who have like five strikes of failure. I mean, so many failures. Darnold's a touchy subject on this podcast. Yeah, so, Tom's a big Darnold guy. Oh, wow. He's going to reverse I mean, that ruling. <laughs> well, I, there could be a new case filed against you. I, okay. I, I thought of starting my own court, actually, where okay. I'm the judge and the prosecutor. So this we is bring, some Judge Joe the Brown. That sounds like an authoritarian regime. <laughs> yeah, but that's more fun. That's what being on the show with me can be like. I love that so much. And speaking of that, Tyler, as we ride out into the sunset here, I just want to give everyone a chance that might not have seen you somehow uh, to know what you have happening and where they can register to get all of their Tyler information that they'll need to avoid future failures in their fantasy life. Well, I mean, there's many ways to do that. But if you just follow me on Twitter at DLF underscore carp, I figure for, I, t- I retweeted this show. So there's a good chance if you're watching it, you may have clicked through that. So you, know, you probably know where to find me on my page. You know, you'll see my podcast, Dynasty Duo, when it drops. The Ask DLF stream when it drops, where believe me, I've talked about two of plenty. It's all there. Um, you can also find the link to my Patreon, which basically is just... Uh, asking me fantasy advice, get my ranking spreadsheet, but that's not really what it's about. It's about just having that one-on-one with me. I, I'm the same person on and off the show. Like if you make a move, I don't like a trade. I don't like, believe me, I'll give it to you. Even though you're paying for my Patreon, that's what you want me to do. You don't want me to just tell you that everything is great. You know, we, we got to be honest. So that's, I have that. And then, you know, all my articles are at dynasty league football. You can find them. Uh, I have an author profile, but you can just find them. They're they're all there on the front page under the Dynasty tab. And yeah, that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. I, I pop up other places like here from time to time, but th- those were the regular places you can find me. Love that. And you should be doing that. Go and do that. Please save your Dynasty rosters from failure with save our them. mate DLF Carp right here. Jacob, please. You had an article just come out not that long ago and you did some great best ball work. Let everyone know that before we get out of here. Absolutely. So, of course, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore RTDB. Uh, if you're a fan of Tua and you believe that we were robbed in this kangaroo court, make sure to come commiserate with me. Uh, I'll be happy to chat with you about all things Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, and, of course, you can find me regularly on Twitter talking dynasty and especially this summer talking best ball. Uh, if you have not gotten into the best ball streets and you want to, and you want to know where to start, uh, I've done a bunch of threads on that. And of course I just wrote uh, quite a, a large undertaking on the running back dead zone, why it exists, um, the game theory behind it and some data on which running backs you should be targeting. If you do want to draft in there, that is up on playerprofiler.com right 
now. Uh, and of course, you can find me uh, every Friday here uh, with Tom and with Billy usually and with other guests. And then you can find me on every Tuesday uh, with Chase and Shane for Dynasty Intervention. And that's it. Hey, that's what it's all about. Lots of ways to get in touch with the people here. Uh, and as always, I just want to let you know if you agree with the show, you got to let us know. If you disagree with what, anything you heard on the show today, you got to let us know on that. You can do that on the Twitter page. As announced, it's at Dynasty Tilt, uh, at Thomas Tipple FF, FF underscore RTDB, at Big Billy FF. You can also catch us Monday night with the, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presents the Fantasy Walkabout, where I, myself, and the other Tom, Tom underscore Lee 92 on the Bird app, we walk through a different side of fantasy football when it comes to true value. This week, we're going to have somebody on here that has won. I'm not going to announce that yet. They have won their way onto the show to build and learn how to build their own tiers. This is something that can be a very daunting task for somebody that hasn't done it. It might be new to Dynasty Fantasy Football, so please come in, check us out. You can also check us over there on our new partner. You can catch that. You can see that up on the top left. That is the Dynasty Vipers Network. Very happy to be working with them and Matt Donnelly. You can go and check that out. There's lots of stuff on, on the YouTube page, including Terra Time. There's 30 players in 30 days. Very interesting stuff. Go find yourself an advantage. You definitely need to be doing that. And as always, the same thing we preach every week is peace, love, and positivity. It is the only thing that matters to us over here on this here program started by three people, randomly met through leagues, and decided we needed to tell you about it for better or for worse. We will be back here next week, same bat time, same bat channel, new topics, New stat corner, everything you've come to know and love from the show. And with Billy's that, I never want, getting that corner back. I want to remind everyone <laughs> that clear eyes and full hearts will never lose. Enjoy it and have a safe weekend, everybody. We're out of here. Ciao for now. Bye. Jacob Sanderson. Billy Milestone and your host Thomas Tipple Dynasty Podcast This is the Full Tilt Full Tilt Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Super.